step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. K-C-A-A. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. California headline news. A few hundred students in Sacramento walked out of class today in protest over the decision to not charge two police officers in the shooting death of Stefan Clark last year. The protesters marched to the state capitol where a rally ended a while ago. A 25-year-old man has been arrested for arson in connection with two of four suspicious fires in Monrovia during a 26-hour period. The fires caused over $1 million in damages. People living near an elementary school in Hollywood are raising questions over the use of Michael Jackson's name. In 1989, the Michael Jackson Auditorium at the school was dedicated to the singer who once attended classes there. Residents are mixed as to whether his name should remain. I was expecting to come around the corner the next day and see that the Michael Jackson Auditorium name was taken down. It's not been taken down yet. I'm surprised. The school district says it's not aware of any proposal to rename the facility. Steve Clawson, California News. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. You're home after a long day preparing dinner when... Ew! What's that? It smells like rotten eggs. That might be a natural gas leak. It can't be. We don't have any natural gas appliances. Even if you don't use natural gas, that rotten egg odor could be a sign of a leak in your neighborhood. Because gas lines can be buried anywhere. Shut up. No, speak up. If you ever suspect a leak, leave immediately and call 911 and Southwest Gas. Thanks, deep voice narrator. You're very welcome. NBC News Radio. I'm Brian Shook. 
Former Trump campaign chief Paul Manafort is being sentenced to nearly four years in prison. Manafort's lawyer Kevin Downing claimed that the bank and tax fraud charges had nothing to do with Russian interference in the U.S. election. However, former CIA Director John Brennan noted that the judge's sentence fell far below the sentencing guidelines. Guidelines are used for a reason, um, but obviously Judge Ellis felt that he could just decide unilaterally. Before the sentence was read, Manafort asked for compassion from the judge. President Trump says he's not happy with news that North Korea may be rebuilding a rocket test site. At a White House photo op, Trump suggested it could be about a year before we really know what's going on with the site. Satellite images showed the site being rebuilt just days after a second summit between Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un last week. A resolution condemning bigotry is easily passing in the House. The measure was brought forward after comments by Minnesota Democrat Ilhan Omar that were considered anti-Semitic. The Congresswoman was not named in the resolution, which condemned anti-Semitism and anti-Muslim discrimination. Turning the clock ahead one hour for daylight saving time this weekend can be difficult for many people. Sleep specialist Dr. Ofer Jakobowicz says you can catch up on the hour sleep you'll lose in small doses. Take short naps if needed during the day and the body will slowly adjust to it, obviously over the following week. Dr. Jakobowicz also says spending more time exposed to daylight will help you adjust to the time change because it helps adjust your awake and sleep cycle. He adds getting enough sleep is critical to everything we do, including good overall health and your memory. Lisa G, NBC News Radio. The Federal Reserve says the net value of U.S. households is falling to the lowest levels since the Great Recession. The Economist released data showing that the sharp stock market fall at the end of the fourth quarter hurt U.S. households. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Welcome to the Tom Hartman Program. I'm live right here, Monday through Friday. Are you ready for the number one progressive talk show host in America? 71% of people say that the information they get from their friends and family, they take more seriously than the stuff they read in the media. Only 42% of Americans think the media is the most credible source of news. And therefore, if you're informed, if you're awake, you need to be telling your friends. You need to be talking to your friends and family. 24-time New York Times bestselling author and has nearly 6.5 million listeners nationwide. Listen, these are these are crimes. These are, are international crimes against humanity. And I would I would love to see somebody held to account in this administration. Introducing Tom Hartman on KCAA Radio, weekday afternoons starting at 2. Miss your favorite show? Download the podcast at kcaaradio.com. You ready for a new experience to see life from another point of view? New hope, new expression, new joy. This is your radio hour. Welcome to Viewpoint with Father John. And welcome, friends. You are tuned to KCAA Radio, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, or on the World Wide Web at kcaaradio.com. This is Viewpoint with Father John, and I am your host, Father John Reed. By the way, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at Viewpoint with Father John. All of God's children are endowed with extraordinary purpose and ability. I'm on a quest to help as many as possible in fully realizing their divinely inspired potential. Disposing a false narrative and embracing genuineness inspires clarity of purpose. My role is to help overcome self-imposed limitations 
in realizing one's spiritual potential. And a reminder that this is a listener-supported program. If you want to help keep us on the air, simply go to www.viewpointwithfatherjohn.com. Click the support button and, and give what you can. And for those of you who have been giving, thank you for keeping us on the air. Also, I'd like to invite you to buy a copy of my book, Close Your Eyes So You Can See Me. The premise of this book is that we are all God's children and that we do not need more self-improvement. Rather, we need self-discovery. Close Your Eyes So You Can See Me is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and on most online bookstores. Get your copy today. And if they don't carry it on that book line, go somewhere else. They're bums. So <laughs> just a reminder, this week we do change our clocks. So uh, next week, make sure you're here at the right time. I, I don't care what you do the rest of the week, but Thursday night's important that you get here at 8 o'clock and then uh, not 9 o'clock. So we lose an hour this time, which should be a lot of fun. I'll be grumpy the whole rest of the next week. Just so, Nick, you know, I'll be grumpy when I come in next week from not enough sleep. I'll try those short naps. Maybe I can find a midget to nap with me. Tonight, my <laughs> guests on the show are Daniel Shigoa and, and uh, Michael Harang, and they are with Cedar House uh, Social Science Services of Bloomington, which is a uh, um, treatment facility. And gentlemen, say hi to the, our listeners. Hi. Hello, listeners. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Cedar House. What, what's the premise of, of the program? What, what is it, your, what your function, what are you trying to do? So Cedar House has been in business for the last 45 years. We're a nonprofit drug treatment program. Um, we have a 125-bed residential treatment center, and we treat substance use disorders primarily. Very good. And um, I'm going to have you come just a little bit closer to your microphones, gentlemen. And... What is the draw for Cedar House? I mean, let, let's say somebody's having a, a problem with uh, alcohol and other drugs. Why would they come to Cedar House? What, what would be there for them? I think a, a sense of belonging. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we have a, we have a saying, uh, I mean, because you can be extremely uh, educated and, and really good at what you do. But mm -hmm. for this community, community that we serve, we just believe that they don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. That's true. And so that's one of our our uh, goals is to uh, keep all of our staff engaged in, in the process. Sure. And I understand that both alcoholism and drug addiction is a equal opportunity destroyer. Uh, so I imagine you get people from all walks of life, from people who are homeless all the way to people who are doctors. Would that be correct? Yeah, yeah, that'd be correct. Um, and we've had them come up. We've had people come up in limousines, you know, I mean, and, and people just from homeless communities. So uh, the, the disease, if that's what you want to call it, uh, does not discriminate whatsoever. It transcends all races, cultures, creeds, mm -hmm. uh, societal status. It, it doesn't matter. So. Do you not see it as a disease, the way you frame that? Well, I mean, some people don't, and I'm just mm -hmm. trying to be uh, fair to everybody's opinion. Personally, I, I do see it as something that requires treatment forever. Well, sure. The American Medical Association has called it a disease. The uh, DSM series listed as a disease. It has symptoms, can be treated. So it is a medical condition. In fact, um, we can do an autopsy 
and examine the brain and can actually tell you who is an alcoholic by the examination of the brain. In fact, I, I've seen some of the autopsies while being done. Uh, so it's really fascinating work. So that's why when I ask that, because um, part of your program, if I'm correct, is medically based too, isn't it? Or is it all social model still? Uh, we Yeah, it's some, we have some... Uh and that's part of our new our new program now is that we definitely try to look at all of these other uh, ancillary services that we could provide for them for the medical field in the medical field. Mm-hmm. Now let's say you have somebody who is obviously in need. His their family can see they're in need, but they can't quite see it yet. Do you do any intervention services or anything? We don't directly provide any um, intervention services, um, but we do assist. If somebody does need help, we'll tell the family to bring them down and have a discussion with them. Try to use motivational interviewing techniques to try to get them to see there is a problem sure. and try to help them any way we can to get into treatment. Yeah, you know, a friend of mine used to uh, tell a story about how difficult denial could be, and he gives the example about how this guy, he's 84 years old, and he's going to, hire the, he's going to marry this 18-year-old, and everyone's trying to talk him out of it. And, and finally, they do an intervention on him, and they're intervening, and, and the, the lawyer's there, the, the family accountant, the physician, all the kids are there. And they're trying to tell him what a bad idea it is. They're saying, Hank, you're 84 years old. She's 18. This is just a bad idea. And he won't hear it. And finally, out of frustration, his physician speaks up, says, Now, Hank, I want you to think about this for a moment. You're 84 years old. She's 18. You're going to go on your honeymoon. There's going to be intimate relations. Have you ever thought about the fact that with that vast difference in, in age, that that just might cause death? Well, this caused him to th- stop and think for a moment. And then he says, well, if she dies, she dies. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so if we're in our denial disease, part of the, the element of alcoholism and drug addiction, sometimes it could be really hard to convince somebody and I've seen people, as, as a priest, I've seen people who have lost everything. And everybody around them can see it's directly related to their drinking and using, but they can't see it. Do you, do you run across some of that? Yeah, I think uh, th- there's a lot of people who come, a lot of alcoholics and, and uh, drug addicts that come uh, motivated from an external motivation. And it's not their own. You know, someone's telling them to come here. Uh, legal mandates, whatever it may be, and and yeah, they're not ready. They're mm-hmm. not ready, and and that's the purpose for treatment, though, is to try to give them a new perspective of self. You know, some self awareness. Uh, but yes, we 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 find that happens a lot. You know, and and with the, you know, with the other with the the alcohol and the the heroin, the substance that's, you know, they ha- some of them they have to keep using and they have to keep drinking. And so it's it's not always that they're that they're, that person's in denial, but they may present as being in denial sure. because they're not going to stop or they don't want to stop. You know. Well, a lot of people don't know that you can actually die during the detoxification process, particularly with alcohol, that is liquefied ether. It's the same stuff we use in the operating room, liquefied, and that's why the most dangerous parts of it is one when you're going under and two when you're coming out, and I've been with many people I, I first time I experienced somebody dying from alcoholism I was working at Pomona Valley Hospital back in 1982 83 and a guy died coming out of a uh, bad drunk 
and while he was trying to detox, it was more than his body could handle, and uh, it gave out. And I was holding him while he died. So yeah, it, it, these are deadly things we're dealing with. Uh, now, yours is a residential program, correct? Yes. Well, we have a residential program. We have an outpatient component. Okay. We have a women with children program. So we have a wide array of services at Cedar House. Talk a little bit about these services. Help our listeners to understand what you're... What so in our perinatal program, we have an 11-bed uh, capacity with 15 children, mm-hmm. and then we focus on women's issues. And so... Um, they do all their treatment there, and we call that our Maple House program. Okay. And so the kids also receive services, their therapeutic services that go on throughout the day um, to help them. Um, things like they would learn in school, like in Head Start. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, we have an outpatient program. Clients can come three times a week. Okay. We have the groups about an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. And so um, these are people that are working, probably individuals who haven't quite hit the need to be in residential treatment. Okay. They're still assessing for an outpatient program. And they could come and get treatment there. They're encouraged to do 12-step meetings and self-help groups. And we have our withdrawal management program, which Michael oversees. We have 16 beds, a medical director who oversees the medical part of it and prescribing of step-down medications and monitoring them throughout the day. Mm-hmm. We have a residential program. Uh, residential program, we use all evidence-based curriculum, our living in balance curriculum. And like Mike had mentioned, we moved a little bit from the old social model program we were mm-hmm. to more of a, I, I guess it would be more of a medical model. Right. right. Um, right. With all the evidence, evidence-based curriculum that we have added. Uh, we have a sober living home, a recovery residence that houses six. And so, yeah, we're adding services and just trying to do more, trying to grow. When you say evidence-based uh, treatment, can you explain that for our listeners, what that means? So evidence-based curriculums means that they actually ran studies and show that these are proven to be successful techniques. Um, so we make sure that we only implement evidence-based curriculum into our treatment center. That's good, because I, some of my listeners may not be familiar with some of this stuff, and so I want to make sure that they get the best possible view so that they understand what these terms mean. I mean, those of us who have, have studied these things, you know, we have our own code. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. Someone comes in and said, what, what were they talking about? <laughs> we do that in theology, too. You know, you'll see a couple of priests talking or, or just in any religious circles, and we'll be saying stuff, and people will be saying, what are they talking about? Right. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about things like Q and stuff like that. It's like, well, that's German portion of the Bible. And, you know, it's us. Right. <laughs> and so if you're not schooled, then it's hard to know that. Uh, now, let's say someone comes into a resident as a residential uh, uh, patient, client. What is the typical stay? 30 days, 90 days, six months? Well, they have up to 90 days. Okay. Um, but they're assessed to meet criteria for that. In other words, uh, they're assessed at a screening and assessment center to see if they meet criteria for a residential mm-hmm. uh, treatment episode. And at that assessment center, they determine uh, whether they, if they need 90 days. And, and they'll grant them 90 days, but it is up to the case managers and our, and our treatment team to continue to assess mm-hmm. 
uh, every 30 days to just determine if, if they are ready to transition to have perhaps a lower level of care. So it is something that um, the 90 days, uh, th there's no really set days because mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's our team, it's the participant, their family, uh, therapists, other clinici uh, clinicians, and the, the, the uh, stakeholders that uh, we try to all agree on if this person is ready to move on instead of just have a set number of days. Now, you, you mentioned the team. What does the team consist of? What, what, what kind of personnel? Well, we have um, all of our primary caregivers, which is our, our case managers. Okay. Uh, of course, Daniel sits in on, on a lot of our uh, treatment teams. Um, we have a, our clinical director okay. there. Um, and we have other staff member that, uh, like the, we have a client care specialist, okay. their supervisor sits in on our treatment team because he's hands on all the time with the clients. And so at, at these meetings, uh, we, we, they're regularly scheduled, uh, twice a week and any, uh, emergency for any emergencies will meet, uh, you know, have an emergency treatment team, but these meetings are purposed for, uh, giving the clients the, the best care that we can give them. Mm -hmm. So if there's an issue with behavior or some kind of medical issue or something that we, we feel like Daniel doesn't want to unilaterally make a decision on his own, uh, and we encourage a team to get together so we can try to make the best decision possible. Okay. And uh, that would also mean, or it could also mean that uh, the participants treatment plan will be adjusted to you know address that issue very good well speaking of dealing with issues we're coming up to our first commercial break and if i don't go to it nick's going to have some issues with me and so you're tuned into viewpoint with father john and i'm here with daniel and michael from cedar house and we'll be back in two and two The loss of a loved one is one of the most challenging experiences in a person's life. It's hard to know where to turn to make your loved one's final arrangements. Jesse Ruiz at Personal Funeral Planning in Ontario will treat you and your loved one with the respect you deserve. Jesse served in the Marine Corps in Desert Storm and understands what it takes to provide loyal, personalized, and empathetic service to those who need it most. The families of Michael Jackson, Brittany Murphy, Ed McMahon, and many others have trusted Jesse to provide them with the highest level of service and support. To work with Jesse, call 909-762-4027, 909-762-4027, or visit their website, www.4pfp.org. www.4pfp, as in personalfuneralplanning.org. Jesse Ruiz and Personal Funeral Planning, veteran-owned and operated, helping you plan a personal, lasting tribute for your loved one. www.4pfp.org. It's Andy Caravella for another entertainment wrap-up here in the Inland Empire. Looks like Paul Reiser and Helen Hunter back for a limited series of Mad About You. Yeah, you guys remember that one, right? It was it was around for a while. Well, it's back. And uh, fun fact, this is going to be a Charter Communications premium content 
Spectrum original. That's right. This will only be seen on anyone who has Spectrum. The half-hour comedy from showrunner Peter Tolan and Sony Pictures TV is slated for a late 2019 launch. Now, the hit 1990s sitcom came together at Sony TV with Riser and Hunt closing deals to reprise their roles as Paul and Jamie Buckman. While the Mad About You revival was mostly dormant for months, Sony TV kept pursuing a deal. Now, in other news, it looks like Jason Momoa had a fire scare on a plane, according to TMZ. There was an emergency landing in Palm Springs. You see, Aquaman himself uh, has not yet mastered the skies, according to the report. Looks like uh, the Aquaman star survived the scare of a lifetime on Wednesday morning. Jason's private plane safely landed in Palm Springs after the aircraft reported an engine fire. Jason's reps say he was flying from LA to Phoenix for a business meeting, and about halfway through the flight, the plane started malfunctioning. I guess a fire would constitute a malfunction. This led to an emergency landing, and just like the baller that Jason is, his crew got another private jet to take them on their destination. And just added to the wrap-up, a School of Rock actor was arrested, charged with, get this, stealing guitars. Joey Gatos Jr., who's now 28, played lead guitarist Zach Mooneyham in Jack Black's School of Rock Band, and he was arrested by Florida police for stealing guitars and an amp over the past five weeks. The former child actor faces open theft and shoplifting cases in Sarasota, Venice, and Northport according to NBC News. Now that's irony at its finest. For your entertainment wrap-up right here in the IE, I'm Andrew Caravella. And welcome back. You are tuned to KCAA Radio, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, or on the World Wide Web at kcaradio.com. This is Viewpoint with Father John. I am your host, Father John Reed. And this evening, we're talking to a couple of representatives from Cedar House, which is in Bloomington, California, which is just off the 10 Freeway in between Colton and Fontucky. Montana, <laughs> also known as Felony Flats, <laughs> and the team that my football team used to beat when I went to Chafee High School. You hear that full high? Yeah, take that, you. <laughs> so, Danny and Michael, thank you for being here. And uh, we're talking off air about some of the uh, structure of Cedar House because it is a, a licensed program, which means, uh, in fact, you're you're accredited. If I'm if I'm correct, you have accreditation through the hospital. We're licensed and certified through the Department of Healthcare Services. Right. And so uh, you heard the term clinical director earlier, and so I, I was going to ask uh, Michael to clarify a little bit. Now, this is a licensed therapist or? Yes. Okay. Licensed uh, fa and family therapist. Mm -hmm. um, and we have to have one on, 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 on site, and uh, she oversees treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, she oversees the case managers. Good. Uh, uh, treatment plans, uh, the medical necessity. She assesses all the, um, um, uh, the treatment plans when they're mm -hmm. developed with the client and the client and the case manager, she, over, she reviews them and, and has to sign off on, on if they're, uh, up, up to par. Sure. No, that's, that's fine. That makes sense. Uh, now the people doing most of counseling, um, now I, I'm, I'm an old guy and they used to be called KDAX, then they were called Katie's, and then they're called something else now. Uh, but there's some type of credentialing for the counselors, correct? Yes. And, and, and you want to speak to that a little bit? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, you look back 
30 years, 40 years ago, anybody who completed a program could call themselves a counselor. Um, that, that, is, yeah. that isn't the case anymore. Um, so now they're, they're actually um, um, credentialing agencies out there that will certify um, the professional. Right. So um, most of our people are certified or registered through CCAP, which is the California Consortium of Addiction Programs and Professionals. Um, they have to be registered or certified to do anything in the client files at all. So um, it's a really long process. They have to complete so many hours. So they're really getting the schooling and education and uh, the work experience before they become certified. In fact, Mount Sac uh, College has a, has a whole program for that. Yeah, I went to Mount Sac. Oh, <laughs> yeah, did you study under Dr. John Smith by chance? Yes. Well, he was here yes. uh, two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, he and I are good yeah. friends, and we're doing some workshops together. So, Yes, yeah, yes. one so. of my instructors, yes. And I, I shared with you guys, my brother was the founding instructor at San Bernardino Valley College, uh, the original program for KDAX. <laughs> I had to say that, Bob, if you're <laughs> listening, I, I did what you told me to do. Send me the five bucks. <laughs> and, uh, and so... Uh, uh, so I am a little familiar with the program, and I've watched it go through the different changes through the years, which is great because any program, when it starts out, it's just in the infancy of it. And as it grows, hopefully, as the years go by, they add more things to it so that it becomes more of a science. You know? And uh, so I'm glad to see that it's developing into more and more uh, so that people know what they're doing when they're going into this because you're absolutely correct, Daniel. At one time, we used to call them applicants, and they were people who simply had completed a program in uh, one of the different places where it was Riverside Recovery Resources with Jasket Stever or, or, or Cedar House or, or some of the other ones. Uh, turn off out, out in Desert Hot Springs. I just gave my age away, didn't I? <laughs> 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 That's right. That was back when my hair wasn't white. That's right. So... Um, what drew you to Cedar House? Was it because they had an internship or someone recommend this would be a, a good fit for you to work or both? I'll let you go first. Well, um, Mount Sac actually recommended my internship. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they, they also wanted you to be close to your home. I live near Cedar House. They wanted you to choose something close to your home. But Cedar House was highly recommended. And I, I, so I, I just went there and immediately uh i i felt a family atmosphere i mean uh, that's the first place that I'm, I'm in recovery so that's the first place after eight years that anyone has ever celebrated uh mm -hmm. my recovery and so they cedar house is my first recovery family nice you know and so uh it, the, and i think that's what drew me there it was it was just it felt like a family atmosphere and Felt it still warm. does, and it still does, yeah. So I had a warm atmosphere. That's yes. good. Daniel? Yeah, you know, I started um, at Cedar House as an intern, and I went to San Bernardino Valley College, and I actually ran into an employee there who I met at San Bernardino Valley College, and she let me know, hey, you can do your internship here at Cedar House, and that's kind of what drew me there in the beginning. But like Mike said, once you're there and, and you feel that connection you have with all the other employees and see the good work that they're doing, um, I didn't want to leave. Sure. Well, it's been fun to watch the place grow because at one time it was just the administration was one of those uh, mobile places. And then you had the beds and it was like 30 beds or something like that. And, and uh, I think uh, eight of them were detox where you went in at your own risk because uh, <laughs> you never knew when someone's not spoiler alert listeners is going to be gross someone would be projectile vomiting across the place when you <laughs> walked in and it was right across the street from green acre mortuary and cemetery right and so when we take someone in for detox 
I had the personal habit of I would stop in the middle of the street and say, if you don't make it here, I'm going to plant you there, you know, because we, we priests can be a little bit tough that way. And, uh, <laughs> and they always say, that's not funny. I say, you're darn right that's not funny. You better take this program serious. <laughs> and, right, right. Some of them did, some of them didn't, but, you know. Um, now, you mentioned uh, medical detox, a little bit of that, that you have someone who titrates them down according to what their medical needs are. Now, that's an MD that does that or a nurse? Yes, yeah, supervised by our medical director. Okay. Uh, we have a nurse on uh, at our facility. and she Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He oversees uh, that treatment. So she and the case primary case manager for the people that are in withdrawal management. They work together uh, to. Uh, constantly monitor they're monitored 24 7 mm-hmm. so to constantly monitor what's going on with them and uh try to make it as comfortable as possible for them to uh rid themselves of the withdrawal symptoms sure no more than just shake and bake huh yeah yeah there's no more tossing and turning in the bed and and waking up on the floor or well, years ago, what we used to detox people with, you might have heard about this, we, we used to use carol syrup and grape juice. Oh, boy. And really? it, it wow. was gross. But as you know, alcohol turns to sugar in your system. And a lot of the withdrawal is sugar withdrawal. And so uh, this sense. would stop the shakes and some of the DTs at the time because we didn't have the medications 40 years ago that we have now, mm-hmm. which is wow. much more scientific. But I can't tell you how many lives have been saved with Welch's grape juice and, and carol and syrup. carol syrup. <laughs> Do you know anything about carol syrup, that brand? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> carol syrup. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's the, uh, a dentist's best friend because after you drink a ball of that stuff, you have no teeth. <laughs> it's as bad <laughs> as meth. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and remember, kids, just because you take meth and, and you spout Bible verses doesn't make you a Methodist. Okay. <laughs> so it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to get a letter from that from the local churches. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, let's talk a little bit about the families of these people. Now, do you do do you have a family group or anything? So we do. So one of the things that we do require before they're allowed to come and visit um, their family member is the family has to attend a group. So we have an introduction to Al-Anon that happens Good. every Sunday. We have a volunteer that comes and speaks with all the family members. And so she's educating them, um, explaining the importance of getting help for themselves and getting involved in Al-Anon. Um, once they attend that, they can start visiting. And every Monday night, our clinical director puts on a family group. So it's a process group with all the families along with the clients. Now, ju- just for clarification, the Al-Anon comes in as a service. There's no connection between Sierra House and Al-Anon. Uh, I'm just saying that because I'm aware of their traditions. And, and I, just in case someone got the misunderstanding that... Uh, the Cedar House was an Al-Anon facility. I, I know you didn't mean for that to come across, but I want to make sure that. No, it's just no. somebody that volunteers from Al-Anon that is right. willing to come and, you know, talk with our family members Perfect. there and educate them. Yes. Perfect. Thank you. I just want to make sure so I don't get any letters from Al-Anon saying, <laughs> how come you didn't clarify? <laughs> so, <laughs> 
Remember, we're giving up control, kids. So <laughs> so anyhow, some of those who know about that will get the joke of that. So um, so you do a family group. You introduce them to Al-Anon. I think that's very wise. Now, for ones that are addicts, do you have anyone from Naranon that comes in or any of those other programs? Just out of curiosity. For, for the... Uh, me, uh, twelve step meetings, uh, right? We, we have yeah. Um, it's it, we have AA and NA separate, separately. Right. Yeah, so, but we don't have uh, the uh, family education from NAR and on. No. Yeah, okay. So, no, that's fine. I just yeah. didn't know. Yeah. Thought I'd ask about it. Um, one of the other things that comes in, and these questions I ask because I really don't know. Each program is different and offers different facilities. Uh, now, oftentimes people have. Uh, poly issues uh, several issues coming in and so in addition to alcoholism drug addiction they might have sexual addiction gambling addiction do you do anything about the other related things that might be going on or is that for something after they get out of cedar house um we try to refer them or and or mm -hmm. provide referrals uh, for them while they're in program if possible um good some of our uh, stakeholders have their own therapists for their clients that are there. When What's I say, when I mean state by stakeholders, it's really a, a funding stream. Okay. The different departments, and uh, Daniel might want to share with uh, the different departments in the county that, that we contract with, but they also provide therapy for uh, these participants, uh, you know. So primarily the ones with co-occurring disorders, however, uh, if they see that there's a need to address those other kinds of addictions, um, they're there for us to help them with that. And, and then we, we, we also have uh, access to evidence-based curriculum to help them Good. You know, address that. We, we would not ignore that. If, it, if we deem it serious enough uh, through, by our assessment, then we will definitely uh, address that with them. Good, good. And you, he said you, you might talk a little bit about the stakeholders, because I wasn't familiar with that term. So it's, uh, are these people that provide grants or, or um, I, I'm, I'm just, it's a term I hadn't heard before. Right. So most of um, our programs are paid for through Medi-Cal. Okay. So most of the clients that come through are probably about 95% have Medi-Cal. And so we're contracted with both the County of Riverside and San Bernardino to provide those Medi-Cal services. Good. Uh, so under those contracts, um, we have uh, specific contracts. So we work with Children and Family Services, with Drug Court, with AB oh, 109, okay. which is probation, with the STOP program, who are parolees. So there's a lot of different, um, um, like I would say, subcontracts underneath those sure. uh, different populations that we work with. Okay, now, now I understand what you're talking about because I thought, mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> so so yeah. thanks for educating me on that. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with that term a long time ago either, and then I started hearing it, so I used yeah. that term. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'm on the board for uh, NCADD, and so they have their own set of terms too. I, I've had to learn is it, uh, it's like, why can't you just stick with the old terms we used to have? <laughs> right, right. Everything's changing. <laughs> it's not easy for we old guys to keep up with this <laughs> stuff, for heaven's sake. And so, so thanks for educating me on that. And um, so you have what we used to call county beds then for some people. Correct. Okay, thank you. That, that's how, how what we used to call <laughs> yeah. just county, county beds. And so <laughs> yeah, back before county beds would block grant funding. So that's right. where the funding came right. from. But now the mainstream is Medi-Cal. There's still block grant funds out there. 
um, to supplement that and to also pay for the board and care because Medi-Cal doesn't cover the room and board. Right. That's right. I remember that. Right. Um, now, do you also have a psychiatrist you work with for people who come in with, with uh, multi-issues that, that, let's say someone comes in and they are schizoaffective or, or perhaps they're bipolar or, or does that... No, all of the clients that come in usually have a primary psychiatrist already when they come in. Okay. So we make sure they make all their appointments. Good. Um, So um, we work with the psychiatrist, but we don't have one on staff. Okay, fine. That's fine. Um, Because I remember back in the day, you know, it it was kind of hit and miss. And so I'm always glad to hear when there's more doctors involved because, you know, uh, nothing's a panacea for everything. Yeah. Um, if I may, um, yeah. Daniel, look, you can attest to this one. I think when we first started, that community of, of addict that had a co-occurring mental health disorder, mm-hmm. uh, I think our population maybe was about 25, 30%. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it is the dominant population now. I think we sure. may be 70, 75% co-occurring. And, you know, it's, it, it's a sign of the times. Yes, it is. You know, so... It was like a mandate to to provide for that that disorder, you know, and so we just kind of grew with the with the times, you know. It's just a, I guess you could say it's a societal issue. Oh, we have absolutely. generational substance use disorder, you know, father, grandson, uh, grandfather, you know. I mean, sure. three generations of, you know, kids being born addicted and so forth and so on. So the mental health issue is, uh, it's it's a big issue, you know. Well, yeah, I, I, I can remember years ago, the big thing was uh, fetal alcohol syndrome was, was a big mm-hmm. thing. Then they talk about, uh, and I'm not, this isn't derogatory, it's just the term that was used, crack babies, kids that were born, born we used to call it, with a monkey on their back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who haven't been introduced to some of these problems don't realize these children are greatly affected. And it causes neurological issues. Uh, a lot of people with... Uh, Hyperactivity uh, disorders, a lot of those are directly traced to some of this. Uh, so, you know, there, there's a real whole, we still have a lot of research to do in that area. Uh, we're finding out just with methamphetamines that there's some biochemical changes that take place that we're starting to find are not reversible. Uh, that it's just damaging the brain. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a constant growing field. And so uh, that's why I'm always asking these questions to find out who has some of these things or who's still treating it like it's just a simple thing. You know, you, you quit drinking or using the drugs, everything's going to be just fine, which anyone who's worked in the field knows what a farce that is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot going on in these situations. And uh, speaking of things going on, we're up to our next commercial break, and uh, Nick's giving me that look through the glass, like quit playing with your microphone and let's go to commercials. So my guests are Daniel and Michael from Cedar House in Bloomington, and uh, we'll be back in two and two. CAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292FQ Riverside, and K293CF Moreno Valley. 
The loss of a loved one is one of the most challenging experiences in a person's life. It's hard to know where to turn to make your loved one's final arrangements. Jesse Ruiz at Personal Funeral Planning in Ontario will treat you and your loved one with the respect you deserve. Jesse served in the Marine Corps in Desert Storm and understands what it takes to provide loyal, personalized, and empathetic service to those who need it most. The families of Michael Jackson, Brittany Murphy, Ed McMahon, and many others have trusted Jesse to provide them with the highest level of service and support. To work with Jesse, call 909-762-4027, 909-762-4027, or visit their website, www.4pfp.org, www.4pfp, as in personalfuneralplanning.org. Jesse Ruiz and Personal Funeral Planning, veteran-owned and operated, helping you plan a personal, lasting tribute for your loved one. www.4pfp.org. If you're looking for a full or part-time sales position and you have radio, TV, or print media experience, KCAA has a great opportunity waiting for you that pays the highest commissions in the market. KCAA is the only station in the IE that broadcasts on three frequencies, so advertisers receive three ads for one low rate. This makes KCAA a must-buy for every local business. If you're interested in a sales position with us, email CEO at KCAARadio.com. Here's your community calendar for KCAA. Phantom of the Opera is now taking the stage at the Lifehouse Theater in Redlands from February 9th to March 17th. You can witness young Christine's rise to fame in the opera world thanks to the schemes of the ominous Phantom. But will his efforts win her heart? Sinister plots abound amidst comedic moments and heartbreaking mystery. The Lifehouse Theater is located at 1135 North Church Street in Redlands. You can find tickets and more information at boxoffice.lifehousetheater.com. And that's a look at your community calendar for KCAA. And welcome back. You are tuned to KCAA Radio, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, or on the World Wide Web at kcaaradio.com. This is Viewpoint with Father John, and I am your host, Father John Reed. And brothers and sisters, just a reminder that Viewpoint with Father John is a listener-supported program. So if you like hearing us each week, please go to viewpointwithfatherjohn.com, click on the support button, and give what you can. I truly do thank you for your support. And once again, I want to invite you to buy a copy of my book, Close Your Eyes So You Can See Me. Those of you watching on YouTube can see it on your screen right now. And this is a book about finding your own spiritual relationship, that God doesn't have stepchildren. We're all God's kids, and we all have different paths of, of finding our relationship with God. So get your copy today, either through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or other online bookstores. And uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Nick, the best guy in, in the sound booth. How are you doing tonight, Nick? I'm lovely. How are you? I am well. I, I've been listening to your show on <clears throat> the competitive uh, radio station down the hall. Ah, yes. And Man, you're good. Oh, well, I, that's what I've been trying to tell you. No, I can Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you going out of your way to listen to it. Well, I just want to know what the competition is. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and I can see I have some serious competition. People... Uh, you, you are really good on air, and, and uh, folks, his show is the Blues Bar, and did I get it right? Yeah, that's and, it. And yeah. it's on four, at 4 o'clock on Saturdays. Uh, what's the radio? Uh, 92.5 KQLH. That's right, and really good blues music, guys. I don't know if there's any bad blues music, 
But you, if there is, you won't not find on my show. You won't find it on his show, and and he actually gets off some good lines in there. Uh, I think he probably stole it from a really good-looking priest, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations. I really enjoyed listening to the show. You're, you're off to a good start, and uh, I'm so afraid of losing you because you have a lot of talent. Also, uh, across the studio, she who must be obey, El Hefa, uh, Gabby, and uh, she's doing some great stuff. If those of you who follow us on Facebook, you've seen some of her floral arrangements, and I, I'm mentioning those because I don't like to sleep on the couch. <laughs> so, uh, so a shout out to her, our, our our great producer from across the studio, who makes sure I have water and coffee. And uh, Michael and Daniel from Cedar House is with us. And when we went off air, uh, uh, Daniel, you were going to talk a little bit about two sections coming together. Yeah, and I think you know, before we went off, we were talking about you know some of the struggles with the mental health and you know treating the substance use disorder simultaneously. Right. And I think that some of the struggles we had in the past, um, you know, I've been in the field for 15 years and I've seen a lot of changes. Yeah. And one of the big changes is we're finally coming together as one. I'm meaning the mental health field and the substance use disorder treatment field. And I think that you know, working together for that same common goal to treat the client. Um, we're in a really good place right now. Good. But 15 years ago, it wasn't the case. Right, because it was one versus the other instead of realizing you're both on the same team because the person being treated is in one body. Right. And they're not trying to be divided. They're trying to figure out why the world is falling apart. And if you just symptom treat and go after one thing, you never truly give that person real treatment. You have to treat the entire individual. Correct. Correct. And, uh, you know, that's just like when I, I, I was a hospice chaplain, we had what we called an interdisciplinary team. Chaplain, nurse, social worker, counselor, home health aide, physician, and we all work together as a team, not trying to outdo one another, but because it takes the whole team to come together so that the patient has the best treatment option out there. Right, right. And uh, so it sounds like, if I heard you correctly, that you have a team approach with your clients. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, and I think we call it, we, we call it a multidisciplinary treatment team. Sure. In our program, correct. Yeah. Well, our, I was going to make a really bad joke about ours came from Arkansas, so there's a lot of interdisciplinary stuff going <laughs> on. But you know, <clears throat> but I, I wouldn't say that on the air. So <laughs> there goes the roll of the eyes on Nick. He said he did it. He did it again. <laughs> he says, by next week, I'll have this show. <laughs> so so uh, who would be a good candidate to come in as a client of your program? Well, um, anybody with a substance use disorder, um, they don't necessarily have to meet criteria for withdrawal management, okay. detox. Um and, and or if they have a co-occurring mental health disorder, um, it, like like we had spoke about earlier, it's they're it's they're from all walks of life. Um, we're nonprofit, so um, we do take people who they don't, a lot of people don't have money if they if they have Medi-Cal, right? We they can uh, enter our program from the uh, assessment center. Uh, we we don't have a waiting list anymore. Oh, they that's come good. through the assessment center. Uh, San Bernardino County and Riverside Counties. Well, yeah. that's a great improvement because a long time yeah. ago there was waiting lists. Almost every program had them, so I'm glad to hear there's not a waiting list. So they don't have to have the world's best insurance to get in. They, they, uh, 
uh, don't have to have three references and stuff like that. And I'm being a little facetious with that, but there's a lot of people who they say the reason they don't go into treatment is they don't have money and they don't have insurance. And so that's why I'm I'm taking you through this the long route so that they get the message. If they need help, they can come to you, correct? Yeah, and and a lot of people don't know that. Uh, Right. You know, I talk to people on the street all the time. They say, well, I I can't get in. I say, well, do you have Medi-Cal? Mm-hmm. And they they say yeah well you need to go down to the assessment center get an assessment and you'll get in the program. Now we have a lot of veterans who are having problems with this. Do you have a track for perhaps veterans? I don't. We don't have a track for veterans, but we okay. like to refer them back to the VA hospital. The VA. We have treated some at our facility. Okay. Um, but if they, they do have a VA benefits, then we do refer them back there. Okay, good. But they can call you and get referred though. Correct. Okay, that's good because I'm. Trying for people listening so they can see what different options are because uh, there's not a lot of good education out there on, on you know, referral sources. And, uh, you know, uh, years ago we used to have the uh, resource directory. Then they went to dial 211 on your phone. Then people went to cellular phones. So that really didn't work too much anymore. So, uh, and a lot of people have a Google machine. But if you are homeless, you don't have a Google machine. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm trying to put some of the information out there. For those who don't have some of these other accesses, if they're able to hear, listen to a radio or catch us on YouTube, that they can find out here is a source. This is a way you can go and check in and, and, and find out what are some of the options, what, what might work for you. Right. Uh, go, go apply for Medi-Cal. Everybody mm-hmm. can get it. Good, good. Now, if they want to get a hold of your program, how would they get in touch with Cedar House? So they would have to get in touch with one of the assessment centers, so okay. either Riverside or San Bernardino County, depending on where their Medi-Cal is at. Okay. And so they would call um, the county, and then the county would assess them, and they'd refer directly to us. Okay. If they called us directly, we can still put them in touch with the correct um, people. Oh, okay. Very good. So um, so each county has a different assessment system, or, or is it uh, it's like a Medi-Cal office? Well, I, because I'm not familiar with that system. So in San Bernardino, it's called the Screening Assessment and Referral Center. Okay. And so they can call directly there, All and right. they will make the referral to us. In Riverside County, it's called the SU Cares Line. SU Cares yes. Line. Okay. Good. Well, I appreciate that because I, I know that there'll be some listeners who are just wondering, okay, I, I, I have a problem or someone I love has a problem. How do I approach this? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, there's nothing more frustrating than when you know somebody who really needs the help and you don't know how to get them in touch with where they can get help. Right. You know, and, and at one time, I mean, in the 80s and, and, uh, and the good part through the 90s, you know, you had care unit, you had all these different places, and, and uh, everybody was doing all these hospital programs, uh, and then suddenly they were all gone. The insurance companies didn't want to pay for them anymore, and there's all these people still needing help and not knowing where to go. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you guys on the show, uh, because there's really not a whole lot of good hospital programs these days. There's a couple of them out there, and I'm not knocking anybody, but they're fewer and fewer. I mean, Pomona Valley doesn't have any more. I, I was a counselor on their program <clears throat> back in 82, 83, <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> and um, now it's a uh, cancer center, what used to be the alcoholism right. center. So, so that's good. What else would you like our listeners to know in the last few minutes? Uh, if you know someone that needs help, you know, remember they can 
if they don't already have Medi-Cal benefits, they need to go down to their uh, local uh, social services office or their TAD office and, and go apply for Medi-Cal. And they can go down to these assessment centers, uh, San Bernardino County and Riverside County assessment centers, and uh, go get assessed. And, and, and they can do it by phone. Okay. They'll do it by phone. Uh, and so they can determine uh, what level of care uh, that that you need and and put you in the right place uh, and they're they're going to the the whole reason for it is is that i mean as as great as cedar house is we're not the only game in town but so they want to get you help they want right. to send you somewhere to get help and not have you wait be on a waiting list to go to one place sure so just uh get medi-cal and get some help Absolutely. And if you are shaking and baking, as we used to say, if you're really hurting, go to the emergency room. Yes. Right. You know, this is a deadly condition. Um, don't try to handle it by yourself. I, I had a good friend who, after uh, several years of being sober, went back out on Vicodin. And he was taking 40 or more pills a day of Vicodin, the extra strength. And he decided he wanted to get off it, and he decided to detox himself. And so he just flushed everything he had down the toilet and had a heart attack because the body couldn't take it. Right. It's a medical condition, brothers and sisters. This isn't something to fool around with. This isn't pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. That's something they do at Circus Soleil. You know? uh, this is where you really need medical supervision. And if you are going into... Uh, what we call DTs, and you're hallucinating or you're shaking and you're really sick, get medical help. At the very least, call 911 and let the paramedics take you there. Save your butt. You can save your face later. And um, Because if not for you, think about your family because they're the ones who are going to be there at your funeral. They're the ones who are going to have to see what happened to you you know i i we're talking off air i i bury too many kids mm -hmm. that um die before they get a chance to live and that's just not okay with me uh, gabby could tell you there's a lot of nights i cry myself to sleep mm -hmm. because another one of these kids didn't get a chance to live because they were too young they weren't too young for the liver to blow out they weren't too young to commit suicide they weren't too young for a lot of things that happened. And so uh, that's, that's why I think it's important that we educate people that there are programs out there. There is hope. Cedar House has been around a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's one of the places to go. There's other places as well. Uh, but I, I hope that some of you who are listening to this program tonight are getting the idea this isn't a moral issue. This isn't good or bad. This isn't being smart or stupid. This is a medical issue and needs medical help. And this is one of the places you can get it. Any, any closing thoughts, guys? I just thank you for having us on, our sh on your show. We really appreciate it. And um, you're doing great things. And Well, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. And, and uh, like, like I said, our, my family goes a long way back with Cedar House. So it's right, kind of a treat right. for me to get to have you guys here. Yeah, you've, you've told us uh, some history we didn't know right. about yeah. Cedar House. That was awesome. 
Well, we Irish have great history, uh, great uh, memories. Sometimes we even remember things that never happened. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I would look up some of those facts. <laughs> you know, and, uh, we, we, that's why we Irish drink, to try to remember what we said last time we were drunk. So, so <laughs> no, folks, I didn't drink tonight. I thought I better put that out there. I don't drink in radio. So it's... Uh, <laughs> But you guys have been great guests, and I appreciate it. Uh, please uh, tell Jamie I said hi and tell her I, I send my gratitude for that. Um, just some housekeeping things uh, for last few minutes that we're on the air. Uh, again, if you're listening to this program and, and uh, you want to help keep us on the air, please go to viewpointwithfatherjohn.com and hit the support button. If you want one of our snazzy T-shirts or polo shirts, those are just like our politician, they're for sale. And so uh, you can buy one, it'll be a lot cheaper, and you won't destroy the, comp- the country while doing it. And so, uh, yes, that was a personal staff. And so that's, that's what's going on today. Uh, also, if you know someone who needs help, uh, follow the advice of these two gentlemen tonight. They gave you some resources. Follow up with that. And as you know, on our website, we always try to put different phone numbers and where you get help for different things. So do follow through on that. Uh, I want to thank Gabby for everything she does for me, getting me here. And uh, uh, I want to thank Nick for all he does. This is the best guy in, in the radio business. And every week he shows up and uh, makes sure that I'm all mic'd up right and that our guests are ready to go and reminds me what I can say and what I can't say, thanks to the FCC. <laughs> <laughs> now that they're back in business, <laughs> they reopened the government. But more than anything... Um, this last weekend, on a very personal note, I officiated a service for a 16-year-old that took his own life. And um, needless to say, I, I, every night I've cried myself to sleep. I mention it for this. If you are thinking of hurting yourself, ask for help. You're not a dummy because you have these thoughts. You're wounded. And wounded people deserve to have some healing. And sitting with these parents, uh, I know that you don't want to do that to your families. That's not to guilt you. It's because you're worth loving, whether you know it or not. And so I I ask that if you need help, call the suicide hotline. And uh, you deserve the help. And if you're not a teenager and you're having those feelings, you deserve help too. So I hope this has been an informative night for you. I thank you for tuning in like you do every week. And if nobody's told you this week that they loved you, let me be the first. Thank you for tuning in to Viewpoint with Father John. God bless. CAA Loma Linda 103.5